Welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, July 6th, 2021. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, we had one hell of a holiday weekend in the Broadway radio feeds. First on Sunday, we had the very festive, fireworky 4th of July episode of This Week on Broadway. It started off with a couple of reviews. Michael um, reviewed a Thornton Wilder show that I don't know how to pronounce uh, the name of, so I'm not going to say it, but it was over on on Roosevelt Island. And then Peter reviewed Seven Deadly Sins, which is the Tectonic Theater Project's uh, show in the Meatpacking District, which we've talked about multiple times. But then the bulk of the episode as James told me on Friday's episode of Today on Broadway, was all about 1776. It is Peter Felicia's. Yeah, it's Peter Felicia's favorite show. So they talked about um, the Broadway production, the movie, the London production, the different cast albums, all that kind of stuff. Um, Our eventual upcoming Broadway production. That one as well. Yeah. So, so much good stuff if you love 1776. And I don't know why, Ashley, but that show Mm. just works despite the fact yeah. that there's literally no reason for it to work. <laughs> That's very fair. Yeah, it's kind of, it's one of those shows that, I mean, even when I listen to, like, the cast recording, I'm like, this doesn't feel like it's a dense enough show for it to work. But it's, the music is just so great. I think it's so funny. I think it's so well written, well cast. I can't wait to see what they do with the all-female Broadway one. I saw an all-female version at 54 Below that they did for a fundraiser like Mm -hmm. three years ago um and i thought it was awesome (laughs) so i can't wait for them to do it on like an an actual production scale hopefully we get some of those same cast members uh but yeah i love it i'm such a 1776 fan fan. i try and inflict it on as many people especially the movie um, as many people as i can so good so good. And then on Monday, since it was technically a holiday, James and Jan went through Jan's 15th annual summer theater book reading list. Uh, so good. They also had a conversation with Eddie Shapiro, who is the um, the writer and editor behind a new book, A Wonderful Guy, Conversations with the Great Men of mu- Musical Theater. Um, lots of other good stuff there. I want to shout out some books, some theater books that I've recently gotten, some for my birthday, some I bought for myself. Um, I haven't started to read it yet, but A Bright Ray of Darkness, which is by some guy I've never heard of, Ethan Hawke. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's about an actor making his Broadway debut in Henry IV. Um, so that's really interesting. And I got it off of the Books A Million website. And the Ooh, nice. The book that I got was autographed, and it was the exact same price as the non-autographed book. I love when that happens. I know. So check that out. I also, for my birthday, I got Jen Tepper's Untold Stories of Broadway Volume 4 and David Rockwell's Theater Design Coffee Table Book Drama, which is both obviously fantastic. And then we have... um, James Lapine's book on Sunday in the Park with George was, coming was, up in August. I was waiting for you to finish your thoughts so I could yeah, say that in fewer than one month on August 3rd, James Lapine's putting it together and making a Sunday in the Park with George comes out. Yeah, so that is definitely a must get. But listen to uh, Jan and James's episode on Monday. 
Um, all right, Ash, I think that's enough plugging of things. Other than our yeah. Patreon, head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. Let's get into the news. On Friday, the Actors' Equity Association announced that they had updated their COVID protocols for many, but not all, of the theaters across the United States. They have ended their requirement that company members who are fully vaccinated must wear masks and be tested regularly. Now, these new guidelines only apply to productions that play a single venue, which means no touring shows. And they also only Mm. apply to shows whose entire company is vaccinated. I'm not 100% clear on what they mean by entire company. Does that mean all of the actors? Does that mean all of the actors and the stage managers? Does that mean all of the actors, all of the crew, all of the creative team, everybody? I I don't know, but I'm sure that is being communicated to, to companies around the country. Now, these protocols also mandate the hiring of a COVID safety officer and increased cleaning and ventilation at the theater, rehearsal spaces, and in any company provided housing. This set of guidelines will remain in effect through September 30th. Now, in addition, these new rules do not apply to Broadway productions or any productions that have contracts as part of the Off-Broadway League or any tours that are under the Broadway League's purview. The League reached a deal with AEA on tours last month, and how things will work on and off-Broadway is still being discussed, Mm. despite the fact that the clock is very much ticking. So this primarily just applies to Ah, equity houses around the country, regional houses. That's what I was trying to figure out. I'm like, what is included in this if it's not touring productions and not Broadway and not off-Broadway? But yeah, okay. It's regional equity houses. That all makes sense now. All right. Yeah. Also on Friday, AEA announced that they had reached an agreement with the League of Resident Theaters that will be in effect through July of 2022, which requires all Lort theaters to work with equity on creating a safety plan that follows the CDC, state, and local regulations. Now, Ashley, we talked about this, I think it was you and me, um, when the last set of AEA guidelines came out that Mm. just ran through the end of June. Um, But we said that this will be a regular revolving process over the next few months to a year, if not more, as things change and we learn more. Um, these protocols will change regularly as they should. This is not a, an AEA bashing segment. Right. This is them doing the right thing. They're making these fairly short two, three months at a time, and then they're reevaluating them. But the as one thing should. that is, con- yeah, that's 100% the way they should be handling this. The one thing that's concerning to me, I'm not going to blame AEA for this because they seem to be trying to make these deals. Um, but the fact that Broadway and off-Broadway shows are selling tickets right now without letting the audience know what is being done and what's going to be required um, to keep people safe in theaters, whether that's on stage, backstage, or in the in the in the house, uh, that that's a little concerning for me. Um, I think it's also probably bad business, um, but yeah. that's the only part of this that I'm a little disappointed with because I think Equity is actually making, at least with this round, some fairly um, logical steps to keep everybody mm-hmm. safe without making it absurd and making people pay for like private limos and stuff to take people to their house definitely and i you know i kind of go back and forth with that stuff because a lot of it one is new york state and federal guidelines as far as like well at least for new york state we wanted to be above 70 percent before things fully reopen which we've hit it's like i think 73 or 74 percent now so that's that's hit that cap the federal guidelines are still under that it's like 67 percent have received their first dose so a lot of it's based on that 
what I will say, I'm, I'm, for once, I'm more concerned in that regard with off-Broadway than I am with Broadway, because off-Broadway shows mm-hmm. have been going on. Broadway is now just starting with Bruce Springsteen, which is what I was going to say, is that for all the complaining that I've done about Bruce Springsteen being the thing that opens up Broadway and doing it in June when they were supposed to do this big reopening originally in September and now in August with Passover is that this show is in a 1700 seat theater uh, with, you know, full vaccination requirements and everything. But this is kind of like their test run. So I think they're going to look yeah. at this Bruce Springsteen run, see how things go in a fully vaccinated theater of 1700 people and go from there. So I think because of that, like we haven't really gotten that kind of like, this is what you need to expect when you go to the theater. Like you get with like sports venues of like, this is what to expect mm-hmm. today. And this is what you need, how you need to prepare. Like, I think that's going to come a little bit further af- down the line after this first Springsteen run. And then, you know, they're going to have updated rules. Obviously they're going to have updated rules on top of like, you know, reevaluating everything every couple months as they need to be doing and reevaluating everything with state requirements and with federal requirements. So I'm a little bit less concerned with that, at least as far as Broadway goes. With Off-Broadway, I think that's, that's another fair. story because I'm not, you know, think, like I said, things are open, things are opening. I'm seeing an Off-Broadway show this week and I still <laughs> don't even really know what to expect out of that. So... I think Off-Broadway especially needs to be doing more. I think that league needs to be doing more at this point. Yeah, I mean, the fact that the Broadway stuff isn't really happening for, in the case of Passover, one month, and then in other shows, two months, like, that makes sense to a little bit, but the fact that you don't know what the deal is and you're going to see uh, uh, Jackie Jackie Hoffman on uh, Thursday night, maybe they should communicate that a little bit It'd be very helpful. And like I said, like, they're going to do the Springsteen run, and they're going to evaluate, and they're going to go from there, and a lot's going to change between now and August anyway. By the time Passover comes, a lot will have changed. And so those... The show. Oh, not the holiday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the show, the holidays not the holiday. In the spring. Yeah, yeah, we got some time before that. A lot will certainly happen before the holiday. But yeah, yeah they'll have to reevaluate <laughs> anyway. Um, and those kind of guidelines are going to change anyway. So kind of releasing them now doesn't really make sense. I'm sure Springsteen, people who are seeing Springsteen are getting those rules, but it doesn't really make sense to announce it for something that's not going to come for another two months. Yeah, that's fair. All right, Ashley, let's take a moment to talk about our sponsor this week, our very, very good friends over at Audible.com. Yeah, love Audible. And that is because they are the leading provider of spoken word entertainment all in one place. As we keep saying, you can get the largest selection of audiobooks, original entertainment, and thousands of popular and binge-worthy podcasts. They also have their newest plan, Audible Plus, which we've talked about several times when they've been sponsors in the past and over the past week. You can listen all you want to thousands and thousands and thousands of popular audiobooks, original entertainment podcasts, including ad-free versions of your favorite shows and exclusive series, which is important. You don't want to be interrupted when you're listening to the good stuff. No, absolutely not. I have talked about some great content that is on Audible that you can listen to when you subscribe, whether that's theater books, theater productions, but I have something that's a little bit off the radar, different from those things, but is still very much a theater thing. Audible has this 
phenomenal series, multiple series of these different types of these series that date back to 1949. The one I'm going to talk to, to you about is Damon Runyon Theater, Dolls and Guys and Broadway. If you don't know, mm-hmm. Damon Runyon wrote the original short story um, that inspired the musical Guys and Dolls. There's multiple series of Damon Runyon Theater, but the Damon Runyon Theater, Dolls and Guys and Broadway is from 1949, and it, it's a radio broadcast. And one of the episodes in this series, the second one actually, is The Idol of Miss Sarah Brown, which is where the bulk of the Guys and Dolls story comes from. Now, Damon Runyon's short stories are kind of like a cinematic universe, and you see a lot of the different characters co-mingling in different stories. You so love you listen a to all of them. Universe. I do. That I do. But all of those characters that we know from Guys and Dolls, the musical, are in a lot of these, but especially The Idol of Miss Sarah Brown, which you can listen to on Audible when you search Damon Runyon Theater, Dolls and Guys and Broadway. That's very cool. I'm definitely going to get on that. So should you. And by doing so, visit audible.com slash Broadway Radio or text Broadway Radio to 500-500. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash Broadway Radio or text Broadway Radio to 500-500. One more time, visit audible.com slash Broadway Radio or text Broadway Radio to 500-500 to start your free trial today. All right, Ashley, let's get back into the COVID-related news. And we talked about how much we thought Actors' Equity was doing the right thing a few minutes ago. Now let's talk about the polar (laughs) opposite of that. (laughs) Exactly. So I believe that Grace and I talked about shows having to shut down in the West and in London Mm. last week because of an increase of positive tests traced back to the Delta variant. Well, it appears that um, British Donald Trump Prime Minister Boris Johnson isn't too worried about that as he announced on Monday evening that the UK would lift the majority of the currently in place restrictions on July 19th. Now, this does not apply to the entire UK, but it does apply to London and all of the theaters in London. This means that shows will be able to sell 100% of their capacity, or in some cases, they can just reopen, which some venues like the Minier Chocolate Factory hasn't been able to do since the pandemic began because the restrictions made it too cost ineffective to do so. Likely getting tipped off about the announcement before the news was officially released, the Right Honorable Lord Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber again pushed back the opening night of Cinderella in the West End until the day after things open up July 20th. Now, these this seems very counterintuitive to me, Ashley, to lift nearly mm. all restrictions as things are getting worse. Um, but Johnson seems to think that their previous uh, previously successful vaccination rollout should be enough to put people's minds at ease and to stave off um, too much more spread of the virus, especially <laughs> with the new variant at play. But that's what they've said for every single other time. That's why I'm like... I just like sighing galore at this because every, you know, as you said, like the chocolate factory hasn't reopened because it's been, it would be such a cost prohibitive thing to do so without any kind of like guarantee that this was like, this is our final reopening. Like we're, we're good now. Um, and you, so you've got these venues that haven't reopened. And they've just been kind of sitting tight while you also have these venues that have had to open and spend those funds and then close again and then open again and close and they just keep doing this and this is just causing more harm 
for performers, for crew members, for the whole company, what everything, than it is doing for good. Because, I mean, the shutdowns have been pretty quick. It's not like they've been running for months and months and months before they've shut things down again. It just seems like... <sighs> Like such an, it's, it's exhausting and it seems like such a slap in the face to these companies who are obviously just trying to do their jobs again. You know, and I hate to be like, well, look what, what we've done. We've done it right. But I mean, you know, to the best of our ability for Broadway and God knows that's been an absolute mess and disaster, but at least it's, you know, stayed shut and we've waited. And obviously that's been hard and it's been a problem, but it has avoided what's happening now in the UK, which can't be any better. No. And I've talked about this. I don't remember if it was with you or, or Grace, but like, I just get worried when we see all these announcements that like, Things still ain't great here. Yeah. And yes, there's yeah. 67% of, you know, more than two-thirds of adults have at least one vaccination, which you mentioned earlier. But there's still a large part of the portion uh, population right. who who doesn't want to get a vaccine because they're cuckoo conspiracy theorists. Yep. Or there is another part of the population who was willing to get it but is concerned that it's so young and there hasn't been enough testing sure. done. Which I think is valid and, I, I you know, I – I obviously got it as soon as I could. Yes. But like, that's a different thing. Those are people who will actually get it eventually, probably. Um, there's a portion that never will, and that's fine and do your thing and just stay the hell away from me. But like, I I just worry that the, those types of people will still be the ones that'll show up at theaters and will make things worse. But it's, it's aggravating to me that the UK is pushing as hard as they're doing and doing it to the detriment of their people. When, again, we have, you know, disregard Bruce Springsteen, but we have a couple months before we're opening. And it's not like this country is devoid of the Delta variant. I think we have an all but one state. And that was the last time I checked like five days ago. So very likely that's not the case anymore. Um, so we're st- we'll st- we, as you said, like we're still kind of on the edge there of like something, you know, we could have a second wave and we're kind of just waiting to see what we happens. Are. We are having a second wave, but I mean, to the extent of what we had the first time around, which knock on wood, that never happens again. But the UK is just like, well, we'll test it first by having things open and seeing what happens. Uh, we're, we're kind of, I guess, doing the opposite. We're doing it in different yeah. ways. We're not doing it in the theatrical side. Yeah, actually, we'll just have to wait and see what happens in both the UK and in the US. But let's get into some other news. Over the last few days, we've heard from Oscar-winning writer and director Quentin Tarantino, who is again talking about adapting his films into plays aimed at Broadway. Mm. Now, five years ago, he talked about doing his nearly one-room Western The Hateful Eight on Broadway by the end of 2016. Like, he said he was going to turn it around really quickly. That obviously never happened. Now, in addition to that one, he apparently wants to adapt his first big hit, Reservoir Dogs, for the stage as well. Now, on um, Some Like It Pop and another things, I've been very open about how much I love Pulp Fiction, um, and, although yeah, I, it probably hasn't favorite. aged super well. Yeah. Um, and I like a lot of other Quentin Tarantino works. Um, and I think The Hateful Eight and Reservoir Dogs, because they are fairly self-contained, would be 
honestly pretty solid plays but the dude is super skeevy and at times <laughs> pretty worst. problematic <laughs> and it doesn't help it doesn't help that he made these declarations on the joe rogan podcast either oh, actually love that for him yeah but but i wouldn't hate seeing stage versions of these films if i'm being honest i just don't think we need them i think for the most part all work has like it's perfect medium and i don't think the stage is the perfect medium for any of his works, honestly. And I say that as a massive Quentin Tarantino, not the person, but the movies fan. Uh, <laughs> let me, let me, you know, make that distinction. I just, I don't need it. I don't need it. I don't, I think of all of his movies, The Hateful Eight would work best, but my mm-hmm. God, I, no, I'm all yeah. right. I'll well, pass. We've, we saw, um, um, misery coming to Broadway and completely bomb. We saw 1984 come to Broadway, kind of bombed. Yeah. Um, we saw they did a rear and window, good, which for good reasons for both of those two. Yeah, the they did rear window with Kevin Bacon out of town, and rear window is one of like it might be my favorite movie. It's in my top two or three That's favorite fair. movies movie. with Pulp with Pulp Fiction with Do the Right Thing. Um, it bombed. It never even made it to Broadway like it was yeah. supposed to. And it's another one where it's almost completely contained in one room, although in a different it's, way. I just, yeah. I think you're right. It's like those are excellent, excellent films. It's one of those things where to bring it to stage or to, you know, if you don't want to bring it to a TV show or something, you have to change enough to make it, you know, enough different from the original material. And by doing that, you've messed with the original material, which if it's a, you know, if whatever, you know, say the film is perfect and you're trying to change a perfect film, you're going to screw it up and make it a not perfect play or not perfect TV show. That's just the odds yeah like yeah so it becomes a mess there's no reason to do it just don't don't quentin tarantino does not need any more money the man said he was going to retire just yeah he's got just a couple more films left and and that is it i think he he said after 10 i think he's done nine yeah who knows at this point but all right, one more story I want to talk about here, uh, Ashley, and that is that last week, the 2021 slate of performers for the free Broadway Buskers concert series was announced. Kicking off on July 9th and running through October 1st, this Friday night concert series will begin at 6 p.m. and will be held at the Broadway Plaza between 43rd and 44th. Kicking things off this week will be Gerard Canonico and Bandits on the Run. Throughout the series, we will see performances from F. Michael Haney, Josh Breckenridge, Ryan Scott Oliver, Sky Pony, which is the band of the married Broadway stars writer Kyle Jarrow and actress Lauren Warsham, Jamie Sapiro, Damon Duano, Matt Doyle, Ethan Slater, Christy Altamar, Jerusha Cavazos, Alice Lee, and more. We will have a link to the entire schedule in the show notes. And Ashley, this is a pretty great. good lineup. Very uh, good lineup. It's a great way to kill some time before a Friday night show as well. Do it do it absolutely <laughs> <laughs> all right so um let's wrap up the show with a feel-good recommendation it is actually something that they mentioned on this week on broadway um but i want to throw out a a q a from playbill that's a few years old now um it actually dates it's about five years old dates back to 2016 when encores yeah. did their revival of 1776 that starred um, santino fontana so good. This conversation is between Lin-Manuel Miranda, 
but he's not the point. The point is this, his conversation is with the great and the good William Daniels. Always um, the, the point. Yes, always the point. The star of 1776 on stage and screen, Mr. Feeney and Boy Meets World. They talk about all those things. They talk about Hamilton. They talk about American history, um, and, and all of that stuff. Um, it's a great read. I read it at the time because who doesn't love William Daniels? Um, and, uh, I figured since, uh, we needed a feel good recommendation, it ties into what James Peter Michael did. I would throw this in on today it. on Broadway as nailed well. It. Yeah. Perfect one. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, this is Ashley. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful Tuesday. Hopefully you can get back to work after the long weekend and we will be back to talk to you tomorrow. (laughs) 